It's a little part of the reading that Kimmy gave us this morning from the Gospel. It's in brackets if you were reading the text. And it says, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. It's sort of an aside, but it's a massive understatement. It's not that they didn't just share things in common. They wouldn't touch the same domestic implements that Samaritans used or anything personal. Samaritans were subhuman. And if you touched them, somehow you would be infected. And perhaps the Samaritans felt the same about the Jews. It was apartheid. It was discrimination. It was racism. It was black people not being able to use the same drinking fountains as white people. It was indigenous Australians not being able to, to sit in the same part of the cinema as white people. That was still going on even up until just before the 67 referendum. There are many Australian Indigenous people who remember that. Even this week, in National Rugby League, more racist behaviour and epitaphs thrown at an Indigenous player. It's just, we keep hearing, you know, it's just a bad apple. Or, we're not, that's not who we are. And it is, it is who we are. It is who people are. This terrible story is everybody's story. Jews and Samaritans didn't share things in common. And then Jesus says, give me a drink. In four words, he cuts through all of the racism, all of the sexism, this woman was not subhuman. She was a human being. He was a human being. We're all the same. 72 hours without water, we're done for. Rich and poor, king and commoner, educated and uneducated, doesn't make any difference. 72 hours from now, if you don't drink, that's it. We're all human. There is nothing but our humanity. That's what those four words say. Give me a drink. Cuts through it all. And we know it's true. The water wars we're being told are coming. In fact, a number of the wars in Africa at the moment, some people are saying, are all about water, access to it. When it comes down to it, that is the only thing that matters. It's our common humanity. But the woman says, how is it that you, a Jew, Ask me a drink of me, a woman of Samaria. She doesn't get it. She doesn't get what Jesus said when he said, it's all about water, it's all about our humanity. We are exactly the same. She's stuck in the same old rigid views of people as categories. She's in one, he's in the other. Let me put you in your box and I'll be in mine and everything will be secure. There's black and there's white, there's male and there's female, there's gay and there's straight, there's rich and there's poor and so on and so on. And what, what are we to do with that? What are we to do with the idea that you probably, a term you probably never heard even a handful of years ago of gender fluidity? What does that mean? Surely... There are some things that are just set, aren't they? 
Everything seems to be in turmoil. Surely this is one thing that's said. There's men and there's women. That's what we learned as children. You can tell one from the other because there's anatomy and that's what we learned as kids. Surely there's one thing that we can... But no, everything is in flux. Everything, as Karl Marx said, everything solid melts into the air. It's possible he meant that in a good way, but that's often how we feel. It's just totally confusing. It's much better to put people in their boxes and leave them there. It's more secure. We're more comfortable. Are you greater, she says, than our ancestor Jacob? She's still stuck in the rigid view of hierarchies. There's those of us with a university education and there are those of us in the trades. There are those of us who live in these suburbs and there are somebody over there. There are the leaders amongst us who get to stand in fancy dresses and up here and yell at you all. And then there's the hoi polloi. There's the employed and the unworthy unemployed. It's better if we're in categories. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is Jerusalem. Still stuck she is in the rigid views of religion. We've had it for centuries. Christians and Muslims, Protestant and Catholics, many of you will remember the thought that a Protestant young woman would go out with a Catholic young man would send shock ripples to the community. They probably still are in some places. And we've got it right in the middle of the Uniting Church. We've got the Generate Presbytery, if you keep up with Uniting Church politics, and don't bother if you don't. And they're different from the other two presbyteries, the Wimmela Presbytery, about, of which we are a part, and the Southern Presbytery, just south of us. We've got it right in the middle of us. We want to keep people in their religious categories. It's all about race, class, and religion. Remember those signs in pubs? No sex, religion or politics spoken here. I never go into those pubs because they're boring. Because what else is there to talk about? Sex is all that we do that is intimate and about love amongst us. Religion is all the questions we have about ultimate meaning. What is the purpose of being alive? And politics, it's how we organise ourselves. Whether it's, where are we going to go for lunch today, the three of us? Or whether it's, what do we do about superannuation as a nation? There's nothing else worth talking about, about, about other than those three things. They make up what it means to be human. But she's got it all rigid. And then Jesus says, look, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you knew your full and interconnected humanity with me and with everyone else, if you knew how interdependent you truly were, if you understood that and accepted it and lived in it, that you're in the presence, the woman in the presence of Jesus, another interconnected, interdependent human being who is a gift of God. Well, yeah, we see Jesus as a special gift of God, but everyone is a gift of God to us. Everyone is a gift of God to us, right here and now. And if, he's saying, if, if 
you'd see that. You would get living water. If you'd have been, if you'd have asked, if you'd have been open to the gift, and he would have given you living water. Well, what what is living water? We we're very religious. Many of us have been doing this for years, coming to places like this and listening to this story. And it's easy for it to just sort of roll off, well, like water off a duck's back, I suppose. Hey, living water, yeah, that's a good thing. We give little thought to it as if we somehow know or we don't need to know. It's like we now use the idea of the Big Bang, which is this model of the universe that it began out of nothing and burst into being all in an instance. It's mostly accepted, but apparently it's still being contested. There are other possible views. It's a big bang. It's big. The whole place went bang. We go, oh, yeah, yawn. No, it's an extraordinary event. And when we talk about the Big Bang, we don't really know what we're talking about. I have no idea what I mean when I say the Big Bang. I've read about it, I know you have too. But you don't know either. In fact, none of the scientists that are using this as a model, as a metaphor for what, they don't really understand it either. The whole universe exploded. It's an extraordinary event. This is the kind of thing Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about another extraordinary revolutionary idea. He doesn't just pluck ideas out of the air. When he says living water, whatever it is, it's going to be as vital to you as physical water. You're going to need it just as much and just as often. You cannot live without it, whatever it is. The water that I will give you, Jesus says, will become in them, that I will give, will become in them, whoever receives it, a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. A spring of water gushing up to eternal life. This is not an added religious practice. This is not something you should go home and do. Jesus isn't saying you should join his living water program and get weekly installments. He's not saying this is a liturgy or a practice. There's no club to join to get living water. You see, these two people are at a well. How do you get water out of a well? First of all, you dig the well. It's hard work. And you might dig 10 wells before you find anyone, any of them with water in the bottom. And then what you, don't, what you have is not a well, but a hole. How do you get a well? You dig it and hope that it's water at the bottom. But this isn't that. How do you get a spring? We don't get one. They're just there. What you do is, if you're lucky, you discover one. What happens when you get a spring? You rejoice and you enjoy it. A spring and a well are completely different things. Jesus is not messing around when he says, this will be a spring of water. And it will spring up, where from? In you. It will spring up in you. Already you know that you're human. Already that you know you're interconnected with each other and interconnected with the universe that God has made. It is springing up within you, if you recognise it when we know who we are, when we know that we're fully alive human beings, interconnected with each other, interdependent with each other. Because I don't know about you, but I have no idea how the water that, gets, that comes out of my tap gets to it. I mean, I can learn, I, but I, it just appears every time I turn on the tap. And when it doesn't, I panic. And I call the plumber. 
And he promises you'll be there next Tuesday or the one after. It's springing up within you. When you know you are human, when you know who is offering you the water, he says to this woman, when you know God is present in the world and in everything that happens, it springs up. It fills our lives. Don't know if you've ever been really, really thirsty. I don't think I ever have. I think I am, but I don't think I've ever been. And I know friends, particularly refugees, who've managed to make it to this country, who've gone for long periods without water to the point of near death. And your, your body begins to shrivel up and you begin to shrink. But I've even had the tiniest inkling of that. And then as soon as you get some water, you blossom and you open up. And you get, in, you almost get bigger because you're more human, you're more alive and the water courses through you and you are you in all that goodness. No wonder she nicks off, comes back and brings people with her who doesn't want that experience, that springing up that fills our lives. Amen.